I'm Ash. And I'm Heather. Welcome, Welcome to Pisces, Pisces Rising. Go deep or go home. We're two astrologers who both have Pisces Rising in our charts, and we want to talk about astrology with you. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. It's Ashley and Heather here. I'm Heather, and... I'm Ash. Hello. We are doing another phone recording, so our sound quality is a little off, but hopefully not for too long. We're going to talk about Venus today, Venus and the signs, because I'm sure a lot of people out there have spring fever and are looking for some love and love information. And Venus is just such a comforting, lovely planet. If the planet has fans, then I would say Venus probably has the most fans and is the most popular planet. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves Venus. Yeah. Everybody loves love and relationships. So we're going to get into that. Yeah. And it's especially relevant because as we record this, Venus just went retrograde this week, and it's going to be retrograde for about a month and a half. And that only happens every two years. So it feels significant. We really wanted to focus in on Venus today and share Venus through the signs. So if you don't know what sign your natal Venus is in, that's something you can easily look at. We use the free Time Passages app, and that will show you what sign your Venus is in, or you can just go to astro.com or any other website, and that info is pretty easy to find. And that is only free for one chart, correct? Like, I pay for the membership, but that's you could you, you put your own personal chart in there, and that part is free, right? Yeah, Time Passages app. I do recommend getting the paid version of that because I use that for all my astrology. You can put unlimited charts in. But, yeah, the free version, you can put your own birth chart in and track your transits and see your chart. It's definitely worthwhile, but if you want to dive more into astrology for your friends or other people, then, yeah, investing in the paid one is a good idea. So, let's start with Venus and Aries. Yes, yes. Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac, and I am a Venus and Aries. I really like that placement. Um, It's not necessarily the most ideal, but it does bring a lot of excitement about love and what you love. So, in talking about Venus, we're not just going to be talking about relationships and how you love, but what you love and also what you love to do. So a Venus in Aries is really going to make you a doer. It's going to bring action to your passions. It's going to bring an assertiveness to your love interests. Venus in Aries are not shy, and they love the beginning. The beginning is always the best part for a Venus in Aries, and they do they do get bored fast. I personally have other things in my chart that keep me interested and monogamous and emotional, but the Venus in Aries on its own, it's kind of like a DTF <laughs> place. <laughs> um, it just makes you very excited for pursuing endeavors, for relationships, for getting to know somebody new, for the, the chase and the adventure. There's also a self-confidence and self-worth, I think, that happens with the Venus in Aries, especially if it's direct. But it's very much a heart on your sleeve and a little bit of a shameless placement. And I would also say it bounces back from heartbreak quick and 
to be like, oh, yeah, that person thinks that, but I really don't care. I'm just going to move on. Yeah, I feel like it's a very direct placement. Like, they are going to not want to play any sort of games emotionally. Like, they're going to tell you how they feel, and they are not interested in a long, slow build. They just want to be up front and clear. Any sort of emotional games aren't going to really attract them at all. Would you say Venus and Aries likes to make the first move? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're the pioneers of the Zodiac. So with Venus like a softer planet absorbed by that fire is like, hey, I'm here, DTF, what's up? I think if somebody's too available sometimes, that might be like a turnoff. They they like the chase. As long as it's not loaded with emotional drama, they're going to be into the conquest of finding a lover and like being the one to make that happen. It's kind of like loving the hunt because there really is a lot of loving the beginning parts of the energy developing and physical attraction, too. Yes, yes. I think that they are very enthusiastic about the people they're attracted to. They're going to let you know how they feel. They're going to not be shy about it. It's not going to be like a secret crush that they keep under the surface. They're not going to keep it to themselves. But yeah, if the relationship isn't exciting, it can be pretty easy for them to get bored. And like Heather said, depending on the rest of the chart, it could be difficult for them to stay monogamous or to settle into a long-term relationship unless that relationship provides some level of excitement. And actually, the other thing that you just brought up, too, about the talking and the energy of being very upfront about it, Venus and Aries are not good secret keepers. And it's not because you can't trust them. It's just because they almost don't even realize what's private and what's not because there's not necessarily a privacy or a hiding in Venus and Aries. Okay, so Venus and Taurus. Venus is at home in Taurus because Venus is the ruler of Taurus, and so it feels comfortable there. It's like a very natural placement for Venus to be. And I feel like they are very sensual. They're very into touch and being close and affectionate with their partner. Like, that's going to feel good. Venus and Taurus could very easily enjoy those relationships where they can feel comfortable and really settle in. And so I think monogamy would appeal to them like a long-term relationship where they can feel comfortable and they know the other person's there for them. To me, that seems to ring true. Uh, Also too, Venus and Taurus, like they almost demand affection. Affection is what helps them know that they're loved. So not only do they like to touch and, and be touched, I would say that that's the number one love language of a Venus and Taurus is that energy of affection and deep intimacy. It helps bring them a great deal of security. Absolutely. And security is important to any Taurian placement, but Venus and Taurus especially, that's going to come out in their relationships. They're, they want those relationships to feel secure and dependable in some ways they might take some time to get into a relationship because Taurus is sort of a patient slower moving sign they don't jump into things as quickly as a Venus and Aries might they're going to want to make sure that it feels good that it's going to offer them that stability that they want 
And do you think that this is a possessive sign at all, or is that more like being a Yes, and I actually think it's possessive in a very specific kind of way because Torians hold things dear to them, and they're sentimental with possessions, with objects, and especially with objects that maybe their lover gives them, and also taking a very, in the beginning, very subtle ownership of relationship and of who they're with. I don't know that Tauruses are the best team players in relationship, even though they put their relationships first and they're very loyal to them. There also is a high expectation there, and relationships aren't necessarily the most fluid with them because love is so important. It's everything to them. And so is working together and being seen. But a Venus in Taurus, I feel like, has very specific ideas, especially about romantic love and monogamy and partnership. And there is a sense of this is it. This is you're my one and only. They would be least likely to be in an open relationship. And there, I do believe there's jealousy there and possession because Venus is the ruling planet of Taurus. Therefore, Tauruses are so much about self-worth. And lots of their self-worth they depend on to seek out from other people that they're close with because they earn everything. So if they love you, they earn that love. They know. They're sure. And they really want that to be reciprocated because love is so important to them. Definitely. And Venus and Taurus, to me, is a sign that's very much comforted by the home and the, like you said, the possessions, the way that they put together their space. And so if they invite you into their space to live with them, then that's a really big deal. And to them, that's the ultimate commitment because Torians are like the king or queen of the castle. And so letting you into their space, that's a real act of intimacy. And so if they're comfortable with you in their home and their space amongst their things and the stuff that they find beautiful and comforting, then that says a lot. If you're not putting up the same degree of loyalty in their minds, then they can feel slighted by that. And if they do invite you into their home like that, you're going to get great meals and, like, good massages and sit on a really lush couch. I mean, the other thing about Venus and Taurus is it's also artistic. If you were to take away the relationship aspect and just talk about it singularly in your chart, a Venus in Taurus would be an interior decorator, somebody that makes their house look really beautiful with really nice smells everywhere. They capitalize on the senses, and there's also a patience there and a steadiness there. So life is layered in their environment where, you know, they might come in and take off their shoes and step on the soft carpet and then put on their oil diffuser and then start cooking really good food. It's not a multitask, but it's more of taking pleasure, very deep pleasure in the acts of what they do, very specific to relaxation as well and just kind of going into the bull's den and or Ferdinand sitting under the tree and just relaxing, not wanting to be bothered because relaxing brings them such pleasure. Yep. And I think the only issue there is that sometimes maybe the relationship could enter a period of stagnation. 
ultimately they're always going to be there for you and there's that dependability factor. It's going to take them a long time to leave a relationship if they're not happy. It might take a while for them to arrive at that conclusion, but once they do, they're like, I'm out. That's that's it for me. Yeah, and it can actually bring a little bit of jadedness, but I guess we'll save that for the Mars episode. Yes. (laughs) So Venus and Gemini is an interesting one. That's another placement for Venus that might not be the most monogamous just because it's kind of a playful placement for Venus and very social, very much getting stimulated by conversation and sharing of knowledge with their lover and almost foreplay in the interaction that they're having an intellectual debate that that's amping them up in their relationship, you know? Yeah, information turns them on. Yes. I think that they can be into a relationship as long as it stays fairly lighthearted. If it gets heavy or super bogged down by commitment, then they're going to feel trapped in some way. It could feel very claustrophobic to them. They also like the chase, too, I think, but in a different way. The Aries space is primal. The Gemini chase is, I want to know your mind. And once they figure you out mentally is when they might get bored and move on. So even the unmonogamy you'll see with the Venus and Gemini or the sometimes with Venus and Mars and Gemini, even with those placements of that, it's not necessarily about actually having sex and intimacy, it's more that the energy of intimacy is about information and mental stimulation and being curious and constantly having something to explore that can be talked about. A Venus in Gemini is going to get a lot out of conversation and a lot out of talking as far as developing that intimate connection. I sometimes look at it as a little bit as sterile, but an air person, somebody who's heavy in air, is not going to look at it as sterile at all. They're going to really love that energy and really make the best of it because if there's always something to talk about and there's always even an argument, the Venus and Gemini is not going to get bored. It's going to keep going because on some level, the way that they understand and process is a little bit about conflict and stirring the pot a little and seeing what somebody is made of, what somebody knows, what information they have, how they'll deliver it. So a Venus in Gemini is like really, really about mind and intellect and intimacy. So it's an, a little bit of an off placement, but it still makes sense. If you have your Venus in Gemini, this is going to make sense to you. It doesn't necessarily mean you just don't have a sex drive. It means that the energy of sensuality and love is going to come from the mind and what somebody has to offer intellectually before the body. I think that, yeah, curiosity really drives them and it feeds them. And I think that Gemini, Venus and Gemini can be a flirtatious placement for Venus. They like to flirt and they like to have that back and forth interaction. But as soon as it gets more serious, then they're like, oh, eh, actually, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Because they don't want any baggage. They just want to keep things light and airy. 
can seem like they're maybe a little changeable, like there's two sides with the Gemini twin archetype that can come up. And so if you're on the receiving end and you, maybe your Venus is in a more earthy place, it can feel like, oh, wow, I really not sure what to expect, which can be interesting and it can be alluring. But ultimately, I think Venus and Gemini just wants to chat. They just want to be able to talk with you and get to know what you think about things. And that's the way that they show their love and the way that they get that love back from you is just sort of this banter and communication. And yeah, that's true. The recipient might perceive it as cold or have a harder time understanding it, but it's two completely different ways. And as we get down the line on Venus, we talk about Libra. We're going to see just the difference between air love and water love and earth love and fire love. And air love doesn't run deep, but it is vast. So for people who don't have that vastness and that question and curiosity in their chart, then, like, you you look at love as a feeling. So for Geminis, love is almost a feeling that they get from intellect or from their mind, so it's a feeling that they understand through talking about it rather than viscerally feeling it in their body. It's almost like a concept or another way it could go. So they might seem cold or dismissive, but it is their way of love. It's like we all love in different ways. And the air sign way is definitely very foreign to me, but I've seen it so much, I very much understand how it's still real and legitimate and there's so much to offer in that mind oriented space but it doesn't necessarily feel like oh my god you're sad I'm going to cuddle you until you feel better yeah it's definitely not like that and if you like demand that from them they're going to be like oh no I don't want to do that but I'll make you laugh and make you feel better that way right Venus and Cancer is another one of those tender placements very motherly very nurturing Probably very sensual, but in a slow building way, maybe even a little bit slower than Taurus's because the Venus in Cancer will express their love after a while, which will run very deep, and then pull back if they feel hurt. So when Venus in Cancer feels something that is painful for them, their immediate reaction is to withdraw and not slather on more love or try to work it out, but hide in their shell for a little while until they process it on their own and then come back out to feel it out and move forward. So I would think that Venus and Cancer has a lot of moving forward and backwards when you're in relationship with them until they trust you completely and you know them really well. Yeah, I think that they're very committed, very sensitive, maybe sometimes moody in relationships. They feel everything very deeply. They love to take care of the person they love. They want to nurture you. They want to make sure you have everything that you need. They might be very other-focused in the relationship, and they might just be kind of doting on their partner. But, yeah, they can easily, if they feel unappreciated or maybe you're not seeing them on the deep level that they're seeing and feeling your relationship, they're going to retreat, like Heather said. It's not a very aggressive sign, so it's going to show up in these sort of passive-aggressive ways. Venus and Cancer won't 
say what's bothering them. They're going to like, unless they're really pressed about it or if they're, maybe they have their mercury in a more outgoing sign, maybe they'll be more communicative, but it's going to be more like, oh, you don't understand me. I'm just going to go back into myself until I feel more appreciated. Yeah. Very, a very good point. I'm going to go back into myself until I feel more appreciated. Mm-hmm. Cold. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they're very affectionate also, sort of like Venus and Taurus. They're going to be wanting that touch. They're going to be maybe sentimental, remembering anniversaries and little things about you, and they're going to want to show you that they remember those things. But it might be like, oh, you didn't remember that stuff about me, and look at all the stuff I'm doing for you. That could come up occasionally. And I say this because my Mercury is in Cancer, and sometimes I feel that on some level, especially in communication. But, yeah, they're very sensitive, and I think that they can be very possessive in relationships as well. Maybe not so outward about it, but they're going to feel it. If their mate isn't completely loyal, it's going to bother them. And if they know you're hurting, they'll make you face it in a very gentle way. So when they see you and they intuit you, which they will, if you are with somebody with a Venus in Cancer, they're going to be very intuitive to your needs after they get to know you really well. And instead of being like, hey, you know, make sure you shut the toilet seat every time you use it, they're going to come up with a graceful way to say that so you don't feel bad for missing something. They're also very tender. Even if you're a fire sign that doesn't care about the way things are articulated, they're they're going to take into consideration their communication because the first thing that they think is how I don't want to hurt this person's feelings because I hate it when I'm hurt. When I'm hurt, it feels so bad and so strong that I don't want to do that to anybody else. So their hurt kind of sneaks up on them just because they're so sensitive or just so much could potentially hurt them, and they're always having to have that conversation and dialogue and check-in with themselves and their emotions to process, but they know that that feels uncomfortable in the body, so they're really nice about when they don't ever really come at you judgy. They just try to be subtle and watery about it, like, all right, let me just pull out your idea and make you think it was your idea so this thing changes that could benefit the both of us. Yeah, they're really good at treating you the way that they would like to be treated, and so they are generally very kind and very sweet. It's only when they feel like they're unappreciated, really, that that's when it turns for them. And it's more like, why can't people be as thoughtful as I am? You know, and it's just, we all have different ways of expressing our love. So if they're with someone who's maybe a little more fire or air, that's going to feel different to them. And so it might take some communication with them and their partner to kind of see, oh, yeah, we're just handling this in a different way, but, you know, I do really love you. This is somebody who would, if they're not in a relationship, they're going to have long-term crushes, people that they are kind of in love with for a long time. Maybe they fall in love with a friend. They they do have long-lasting crushes. It's pretty amazing. And they could be very quiet about it for a very long time. Mm-hmm. All right. Venus and Leo, this is my placement. All right, you want to kick it off? Yes. Venus and Leo, they love the attention of a relationship. They love the idea of 
the coupling. They, you know, it's kind of like a regal thing. And there's something about the courtship that's very exciting. Kind of, and you'll notice the pattern of Venus and Aries is the same thing. And these are both fire signs. So there's something exciting about the courtship of a new relationship. And they love, they love romantic attention. So they love to be noticed and they love to dress up and go out on the town and attract people like that that feels really good and then when somebody notices them they're going to be like oh yes I love this and they're very generous in relationships they love to lavish their partner they love to get that back but they can be demanding in relationships they can have high expectations because everything they, they like everything to feel really grand and really fun and really interesting. So if it's not that, it can feel disappointing, honestly. So if it's just tedious, it can be like, well, this is not theatrical play like I want my life to be and my relationship to be. So there's nothing better for a Leo Venus than getting dressed up with their lover and going out and doing something and people seeing them as that unit. They they love that. They They feed off the attention of that relationship. And that might seem a little shallow. There's more depth to it than it seems, but it can manifest in that sort of surface level as well. Yeah, that's that's a great description of a Venus and Leo. I feel like there's something peacocky about it. Mm. Their love is big and showy, and there could be grand gestures that happen with it. Very romantic, like a, a Leo and Venus is going to do that romantic proposal on vacation on the mountaintop. And there's a loyalty there, too. They might for a long time only look at the positive in relationships and put somebody on a pedestal to how they want the love to be and focus a little more on the attraction of the love, not the physical attraction, but the attraction of what it's like to be in love. You know, they're ruled by the heart. It's it's important to them. And I think with the fixed signs, too, that stability of love and that importance of it working, they can not sweep things under the rug. I don't know. I don't think Leo's really sweep things under the rug, but I do think that they really just over bring up the good and don't really talk about the bad until shit hits the fan and then the bad blows up into epic proportions because they were more focused on what they were attracted to about the person and not more confronting the idea of love and all right, love is supposed to bring this romance and this kindness so they don't necessarily focus on the shadow aspect of it until things get so obviously frustrating for them, they kind of just snap and that's all they could see for a little while. So there is a tendency to that. That might be a little more Venus in Leo in retrograde if, you know, that happened within the past 20 years, but it does carry that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I think that Another thing I want to add is that they love to be appreciated in a relationship. They want to be complimented often. They want to be reminded of what their partner likes about them. And if they feel like that's not happening, it can make them real sad. They don't do well with criticism. You know, like I think you used the example earlier about like you got to put the toilet seat down. If you tell them too many things like that, it's going to really chip away at their self-esteem and they're going to be like, you know, like you need to just temper that with a couple compliments <laughs> you know they they really like feed off that attention and affection but ultimately they're very big hearted and it would be hard for a, a Venus Leo in my opinion to maintain strictly 
friends with benefits type relationship because they need that love too. Like that's really important to them. And if it feels like you're an afterthought on the side, that's not going to feel good. They want to be the main focus. They want as much attention in your life as they can get. If you're a person that's working a lot and you're like ignoring your Venus and Leo lover, they're going to feel kind of slighted by that. They want attention above all. So let's move to Venus and Virgo. Yeah, so Venus and Virgo, they show their love through acts of service. They do a lot of things for you, and they might not always be outright about what it is they're feeling, but they're going to be showing you how they feel by the way they take care of you, basically, or the way they take care of things around the house and in your life. They want to make your life better and easier, and they want to care for you. They might show you that they care for you by cleaning the kitchen and being like, now you can make your meal and it will be nice in here, you know, or maybe they'll make dinner for you. It's these little things that they do. And also they're a little shyer when it comes to getting into the relationship. They might need to be pursued or it might take them a while to fully state their intention or or show that affection to you. But once they're there, they're like really there. It just takes them a little while because Virgo is such a mental, even though it's an earth sign, it's ruled by Mercury. So there's a lot of thinking and overthinking that can happen and a sort of perfectionistic streak. So they want things to be perfect for you and they can beat themselves up if it's not, even if you're not being demanding, even if you're not asking them to do these things, they have these high expectations of how they should be acting for you, what they should be doing for you, or maybe depending on the person and how you know, healthy they are at the time, emotionally, they might be demanding of you in that way. They might have that perfectionistic quality pushed on you. You need to be doing this. And, you know, and it comes from a place of love, but that can happen. Do you think that there's health things, too, going on? Like, not health dysfunction. They want you to eat healthy and fill your body with good things as an act of service as well. There seems to be... I to think. I, I feel like I know some Venus and Virgos who are vegetarian or raw food, and they love health and they care about the physical body so much that though there's also expression in that, especially in partnership. And it's not that they're judgmental if you don't, you know, share the same values as them in the body and how it's taken care of it. But even in the way that they serve or they help, they really want the people they're with to be taking the best care of themselves almost to preserve the relationship for as long as possible. Yeah, no, absolutely. Anything that they are trying to do for you or trying to remind you to do for yourself, that's something that they do. They they want you to take good care of yourself. And the things that they say and do, it's all like meant to help you. They want that. So yeah, absolutely. They want you to take care of yourself. They want you to be healthy and happy like that's all very important to Venus and Virgo but sometimes they can overanalyze it or they can worry about it they're also a little shy they less want to go out on the town and be shown off they would rather have like a quieter situation (laughs) and they love information too they're they're the sign that's going to talk to you all night like oh yeah they're going to stay in conversation and 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 listen actually Venus and Virgos are really good listeners They are, yes, they are, because 
they can easily almost turn off their own needs to serve you. They can easily just turn that off and they can just listen. And so Venus and Libra, this is another natural placement for Venus. Libra's ruled by Venus. So Venus feels good in this placement. Venus and Libra, do you want to kick this one off? Yeah. One of the things that I noticed about Venus and Libra is they really like the idea of things. Where Taurus is that tactile, Libra is a little bit more of like, oh, I'm curious about this. I'm curious about this experience. I'm curious about how it plays out. They also like to be treated well. They like other people to treat them and show them that appreciation. There's a little bit of that air sign laziness when it comes to actions and activities and initiations. They'll ask a lot of questions. They'll be great listeners, but they also just like to be taken out. And they'll go out with you and not even necessarily feel anything except for a curiosity. They'll give you that chance of like, okay, I want to know them, but they're not necessarily – even though Libras are so much about love, they are always questioning love. They're always like, is this love? And a lot of the times, Libra sons and Venus and Libras will end up with their best friends because friendships are so important to them. And long-term energy and longevity, they just end up realizing, like, oh, my God, it's been there the whole time. Uh, Now I just need to look at it from a different perspective. They can be a little bit bouncy with lovers, but by the time they settle down, it's usually with somebody they know for a long time. They're not like the sign that's going to elope and marry you after a month. They're going to take that time to really get to know you and understand you and question if they love you. And I have what I call the grass is greener syndrome. I think they have Mm. that where they're they're always thinking there could be another lover. Should they settle? Are they missing out on something? When really it's just about taking the time to to get to know somebody and making the choice, who are you going to be in this long haul with? Because they do want the long haul, but they end up in serial monogamy situations as well. So you'll see, like, they'll date people for long periods of time and and then move on. They're chasers. Yeah, I think they can easily get caught between two people. It can be hard for them to make up their mind sometimes. Libra is kind of an indecisive sign overall. So that can be hard for them, but it's important for them to be in a relationship. Venus and Libra is serial monogamy. They they like a relationship. They like partnerships. So it's not that they are, you know, I just want to put this off because I don't want to settle down with someone. It's just they really don't know. They they have that FOMO, that fear of missing out. You know, they don't want to limit their options too much because if they pick one person and they turns out they wanted the other one, that could be very difficult. So they would almost rather just wait to decide. And and sometimes circumstances just sort of make the decision for them. And they're like, okay, that's good. They're very sweet and loving in relationships. They feel like They're not into aggressive actions. They're very gentle and charming. Like I think you said, they could easily fall for a friend. I feel like Venus and Libra, they get crushes on like everyone. They are very in love with love and relationships and they're not necessarily going to act on it. They easily meet a bunch of people and they'd be like, "Hmm, I wonder what it'd be like to date them. And they just kind of go through that exercise in their mind, even if they don't actually act on it. They will give everything a chance and... Then what you were just saying about Libra's the circumstance, they let the circumstance choose for them, that is also so true. That just, like, clicked 
so that one sentence right there just clicked so many Libra things and unfoldings that I've seen over the many years that I couldn't identify. And that's, you just nailed that description. (laughs) They don't want any drama necessarily in their relationships, but sometimes they attract it because of their unwillingness to make a decision. And that will attract the drama. They, They don't like it, but they sometimes bring it on because of that trait that they have. But they will definitely work to make sure that the relationship is good when they're in it. It's very easy for them to be in a solid, long-term relationship. They like that. They are good at it. They may become entirely invested. I, I notice a lot of Venus and Libras are kind of relationship chameleons in some way. They'll date someone and they'll almost like take on that person's interests and lifestyle and they'll be with them for a while and then they'll move on to another relationship and then suddenly they're a completely different person. That is very important. I actually just did a reading this morning for someone who had a Venus conjunct the sun in Libra and that came up and was very accurate to the description that I was giving that I find very true. Venus and Scorpio, this is an intense one. There's no blending. It's just like all of a sudden, boom. You know, Libras is so blending and Virgos, there's almost like this build up to this like intense Venus and Scorpio. It's, yeah. It's the most intense placement for Venus. Well, they fall in love so quickly and they're completely in it. Just totally head over heels for you right away. And this is the type of person who would be like, I love you, you know, the second date. And they're just ready to commit. They might obsess over you. You know, they they might just really get all in infatuation style. But then if the relationship picks up, they're going to really be committed. They're going to give you all their attention they're very focused on that connection with another person. And when they have that, it's almost like a drug to them. It can cause them a lot of pain if that isn't reciprocated. Yeah. And also heartbreak and moving on could take forever because of those things. And they don't let go. A Venus in Scorpio, a Moon in Scorpio, those are the signs that are going to be like, oh, I still love my lover from 25 years ago. Even if I haven't talked to him, even if I'm married with a family and kids, there's always going to be that pining for the old love, especially potentially the first love or the first intense and intimate sexual experience because it's the first and that new feeling and that new fire. So they could hold on to those things. Any water signs in Venus or the moon, they're also going to remember anything and relationship is so important to them. They're going to remember what you do, what you said, how you made them feel, especially a Venus in Scorpio, they will just remember any hurt and and also anything that made them feel good or made them feel alive because that's how they thrive. So love is very important. And it's also love, you know, there's this idea of love being unconditional and soft, but there's also love being a pain in the ass and it's so hard. And it's, but it's so worth it. And that's the kind of Scorpio love. It's hard, but it's worth it. It's deep and it's going to get into your shadow and it's going to help heal you and pull out radioactivity you didn't even know you had being with a Venus and Scorpio or that Scorpio energy. There's always going to be something cathartic about it and it's going to result in great promise. Well, if you're not murdered, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> result in this like beautiful promise and this energy of like, of depth love like Frida and Diego, you know, that love doesn't look the best, but they clearly loved each other. They clearly were in it for the long haul, even through all that pain. 
And they both ended up famous, and they probably wouldn't have been as famous without each other. I don't know. I mean, Diego could potentially have a Venus in Scorpio, but that's just like an example of the situation. I don't know if they actually even have those placements, but that's what it would look like. I feel like Venus and Scorpio is super intense. They're super committed, and they are going to really just be all in. Intimacy is the most important to them. They are not going to do well in an open relationship. They're going to be very jealous. They're going to be very possessive, and they won't want to share that intimacy with another person. But I also think, because Scorpio can be a little bit of a secretive sign, they may not be as completely forthcoming with you about certain things going on with them as they expect you to be with them. They want that connection. They want that intimacy. But they might not tell you everything from their past. There might be certain things that they just kind of keep to themselves until they know they can trust you. Trust is very important to Scorpios. And Venus and Scorpio needs that trust in their relationship before they're willing to make themselves completely vulnerable and show you all of their shadows. And that could be years. And that's the mystery and the sex appeal right there. What what you just said, that's like what makes them mysterious and what makes them lovable because they don't give all that away. They also don't give it to themselves. I mean, they know and they're feeling and they're digesting it. They don't understand the process until it's actually over for them to be able to explain it. So a lot of the times that scorpionic energy will explain the process when it's done or just lighten up and move on, but that mystery and depth is what makes the relationship with them so beautiful because there's always something to learn. So Venus and Sag, this is much more lighthearted than Venus and Scorpio. I don't want to make an assumption, but I kind of feel like this is one of the least monogamous placements for Venus just because Venus and Sag is a restless energy. I completely agree. I will make that assumption (laughs) very confidently. feel like the Venus and Sag, especially coupled with the Sun and Sag, really anything goes. The sexually curiosity, adventure, all that stuff is so important. So the love is not necessarily based on an individual person. It's based on the bigger picture, and it's based on the experience. And people are experiences to Venus and Sagittarius. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. And I think they look at the relationship as a way to grow and learn about themselves and expand. And so it's less about the other person and more about what they're learning from it and the way that their philosophies are expanding. And if they can do that with you, then that's cool and they're into it. But if it stops working, they're not going to be too hung up on it. They're going to be like, all right, well, we did that and that was fun, but I think it's time for us to move on. Why are you so sad about it? We're going to be fine. And they're very direct. So I don't think they're going to sneak around on you behind your back necessarily. They'll tell you if it's not working for them and they won't be too upset about it. When they're in it with you, they're really in it. So it's it could be a little bit confusing because I feel like with that Jupiter energy, it's expansive. And so when you're in it, you're completely swept away by the affair of it. It's really interesting and a unique experience to love someone with Venus and Sagittarius. It's not going to be boring by any means. It's going to be a real adventure the whole time, the whole way through. Yeah, they're really charming communicators. I mean, their words and the sound of romance, they definitely know how to say the right thing. And it's not like they don't mean it. They're very confident and they're they're not afraid to say anything. So a Venus and Sag just brings out that confidence and 
the love is really about the exploration and adventure as a whole. So another way to, like, have that monogamy with them is if you're cool with traveling cross-country and living this life that's not reckless but on the road or anything could happen or filled with constant and sudden change in a place where they feel comfortable, hence changing their relationships and the monogamy, it's just about diversity as opposed to malintentioned energy. It's more like, I'm so curious. I want to know everything. I want to share everything. And they are probably the least secretive sign of the Zodiac. And there's a naivety there, but there's also a honesty there that's pretty brutal in the sense of they don't really get hurt feelings or take things personally. And they also, the naivety is, oh, maybe this, this person is probably like me when they're not in their romance-speaking energy and they're talking about their frustrations or their potential frustrations with the person that they're seeing. It could just sound like really harsh and brutal because there's a, a childish energy of like, oh, you're fat, ha, 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 ha. You know, it's very, what's in their mind is coming out and they're processing it as it's in their mind. So I also think that they're highly reactionary and it gets misinterpreted a lot as being mean when really they're just processing out loud and they constantly need to move and shake. So the Venus in Sag is just not necessarily explored only in a home or only in the bedroom. It's like explored on the road or traveling to Columbia or whatever they decide they love, which is usually travel and the Jupiter energy of expansion. Yes, that's great. With that Jupiter energy, they are very positive, very optimistic. And so they're attracted to people that are the same way. And so if you get too caught up on something emotionally, like they might just bail. They might just be like, well, this isn't fun anymore. So fun is really important to them. Adventure is really important to them. They would love to do it with you. But if you're not going to provide that, then they have no problem just moving on. And so that's, that can be kind of frustrating for someone who's maybe has their Venus in Scorpio or something. That could feel really weird to deal with. Venus in Capricorn. Grounding, steady, diligent. This is like, it's going to take me a long time to fall in love with you. I need to make sure you fit all the boxes and this is what I need and you'll help me focus on my career as well, and I don't necessarily always have to romance you, but providing will be good enough. They're, they're providers. They will provide. Venus in Capricorn will make sure your needs are met once they've known those and once they've learned that, but it's not going to be a fast process. They are not going to be the sign that hangs out with you every day upon meeting you. They're going to date you once a week for a month before it turns to twice a week. Yeah, they are more structured. They're they're going to be able to plan out the stages of the relationship a little bit more. They have rules for themselves in dating. They're going to seem a little more aloof. They are maybe loners. Like, I feel like you might not fully get to know them right away. And when they do commit, though, they're like all in, but it's going to take a long time. It's a little more like a business arrangement in some way, and I don't want to say that they can't love deeply or that they aren't fun at any point, but they're definitely going to want to make sure that everything is in order before they're like fully invested and they allow their heart to open up. They're very realistic, but they are going to try to impress you with certain 
things that they do, things that they know, their ambitions. And when they do, when you've earned it, you've earned it forever. Oh, yeah. They're not going to just throw anything away really easily. The annoying part of the Venus in Capricorn might be the energy of they are going to prioritize work before you and maybe use it as an excuse like, oh, I'm just providing or I need to provide for the family and this is my way of doing it. But it's, you know, they they still will prioritize you just not necessarily in a loving, affection, typical love-looking way. The other thing is they make great dads. Venus and Capricorn will love children, and children will help to change their lives to become proper family, man or woman. Yeah, it can soften their heart. They're going to be very consistent in anything they do. So their their relationship will be consistent. You won't have to worry about random drama happening. What you see is pretty much what you get with them that is going to be no surprises, really, which can be great unless you're you know, a Venus and Gemini or something, in which case you might get bored. Maybe they can surprise you, like you said, if they, you know, have kids, maybe that will change them. Maybe that will soften some of that energy. Maybe they'll want to be around more and not work as much, whatever the case may be. Yeah, because the priority then is just going to go to family and people that need care and need service in a space-holding kind of way, and they are really good at that. They're really good at being a container. Yeah, they're very responsible, very dedicated people, and so – they're going to show you that, kind of like Venus and Virgo, which we talked about, they're going to show you through the way that they're able to take care of you how dedicated they are. And then we have Venus and Aquarius, which is free spirit. Again, it's another drastic shift. Yep. They are maybe going to be attracted to unconventional relationships. They might be more willing to try an open relationship or some other variation on that theme. They can be sort of detached in a relationship. They can be there physically. Maybe they're like Venus and Sagittarius. They're going to enjoy the adventures. Venus and Gemini, they're going to enjoy the conversations. They might be a little aloof still. They do not like heavy emotions. So they, they like to keep things fairly light. They also just might not be responsive to heavy emotions, but they won't well, I mean, they're a little ignored, but they won't they won't judge you for it. If you feel the bunch in front of them, if you cry in front of them, it's not that they're, like, actually feeling uncomfortable and they're going to neglect you. It's more like they're just not going to cry with you, and they might look very unempathetic during the process of the release, but when it's over, they're going to give you a clear mental perspective like, oh, that looks like it sucks, but why don't you try taking a vacation and just relaxing and not thinking about it? Yeah, non-judgmental is a great word. They are not going to be controlling of you in any way. They're not going to tell you what to do and how to live your life unless you ask them. Then they'll give you advice, and their advice is usually very insightful. But they're not going to be interested in a possessive relationship. They're not clingy at all. They're not dependent in any way. They just enjoy the time that you have together, and they kind of just want to leave it at that. You can dream with them, and you can fantasize with them. No, they're they're dreamers. A Venus and Aquarian is a dreamer. It might not actually even come to action, but talk of possibilities is huge, especially in relationship. And 
you know, it's like, oh, we can do traveling flea market together or we can see what it's like to, to live on a monastery for six months. Like they just are the kings and queens of unconventional ideas that bring great fun and there is no attachment. So maybe something does spontaneously happen, maybe it doesn't, but there's no expectation to working for something and then, you know, it just might not come to fruition. And it might, like you just never know because there, there's a lot of Iranian change that's constantly happening with them. They might shift. Their ideas of the future might change a lot, which is why they don't always want to commit. They like to kind of leave things open-ended as much as they can, kind of like the traditional sort of flower children, free love. They don't want to be boxed in or restricted. And it's not to say that a Venus and Aquarius can't have a monogamous relationship. They just need to feel like they're not being chained down in their relationship whether that means that they have more time to themselves or that their lover is just non-judgmental and non-critical of them. Like, it might just be what it takes for them. Venus and Pisces, romantic. That's about as romantic as it gets. Really sensual, really sexual, really much like prioritizing love, an easy sign to kind of take advantage of because there, there's a codependency there. There could be, a, a, could be an intense codependency with that because Pisces are, they're kind of the romantics of the Zodiac in the sense of, like, the typical romance you see in a movie of, like, flowers and candles and rose petals on the bed. It's a very feminine sign. It would appear that there's high expectations with love and what they want from it, but when it comes down to it, they will tolerate anything. They're probably the most tolerant. That's a very tolerant placement of Venus and Pisces. And, And naturally tolerant. They don't even realize they're tolerating. So... Even if they're in a domestically abusive relationship, they're going to still, like, give it their all to make the other person feel okay. So they really do a lot of healing after the relationship that's toxic to kind of come back to it and set new standards for getting into a different relationship. But I feel like Venus and Pisces always prioritizes relationships. It's just really important to them. They don't like being alone. They like romance, they like dating, they like the social aspect of that soulmate, companionship, partnership, and having all those needs met in one person, but they also don't realize that that's not really possible, and you need some, some friends can make your needs, meet your needs, and your lover can meet your other needs. They look a lot to receive everything from that one person, and I think that's the challenge of it, but I also think being with them could really be honored and lovely because they put all into their relationships and they want the other person to be okay because that's how they feel okay. Yeah, exactly. They want to really merge with their partner. Like they want to feel that Neptunian spiritual two souls blending soulmates basically. Yeah, that's like what they're after and they can kind of see that even when it's not there. It's very easy for them to put on their rose colored glasses and be like, oh, this person is my other half, my twin flame, but it's actually, they're just kind of looking at it that way because they are so tapped into the energy of all of humanity and and all of the world and the universe. They can just kind of impose that on anyone. And they'll try to make it work because that's very important to them. But occasionally then they'll kind of like come out of that and they'll be like, oh, actually this person doesn't make me feel good. So I feel like they can just kind of decide to up and leave at some point if they're not into it. But it's going to take a while for them to get there. They're very gentle, very compassionate, very 
very loving and an unconditional way. And so it's going to take a lot for them to go, but I feel like they will sometimes be like, oh, this actually isn't what I thought it was. And then they leave, but I feel like they don't stay single for long. There's a very fine line, I think, between delusion and intuition with that Venus and Pisces and even in Pisces in general, like most of the time it's intuition, but with Venus and with Neptune, it could kind of go either way. So there, you might have to like work at trusting your intuition or asking yourself, is this real? Is this benefiting me? Asking future questions and projecting to the future a little bit with relationships with the Venus and Pisces, I think could be very, very important because it is also really easy to feel like you've wasted your time in a relationship that you've given it your all in and you've done so much for and then it goes nowhere. And most likely it, you would have noticed that from the start if you weren't blinded by the love. Venus in relationships should ask itself questions. So Venus and Pisces should ask itself questions about the relationship. Is this person good for me? Am I thinking about how to make them feel better all the time or do I actually feel good? Right. Right, exactly, because they have this tendency to almost superimpose an idea of, you mentioned love in the movies, they might be able to see themselves as like Romeo and Juliet, they might be able to put whatever that is on top of their relationship, and they're kind of acting it out. And I think that they're kind of attracted to healing and helping other people, so they might end up with a lover that they're trying to help in some way. You know, they're very attracted to anything that can help them to escape in that way. So, yeah, drinking could be a way or just any sort of fantasy. Great, that wraps it up. Get in touch if you have any subjects that you'd like us to talk about. Yeah, we're here for you. Yes. Thanks for listening to Pisces Rising. If you have an astrology question you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, you can email us at PiscesRisingPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at at PiscesRisingPodcast or like us on Facebook. You can visit StonesAndStuff.com, that's S-T-O-N-E-S-A-N-D-S-T-U-F-F.com for info on booking an astrology reading. Have a magical day.